Ah, uh, a classic start of Vic laughing. A classic EFP start here. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Eclectic Soundtracks Podcast. We are joined today uh, by the lovely Katerine Duska from somewhere in Montreal. Yes, currently. <laughs> uh, now, you and you're actually from Montreal, right? You were born there. Yes, yes. Uh, born and raised. But you do you have dual citizenship like there in in, in Greek as well because you also live in Athens. Well, yeah, Athens, Greece. You live there, mm-hmm. and then but you also have a place in London. Are you in London too? Right? Sometimes. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time in London too. Yeah, it's it's another creative home of mine. I would say. Okay, cool, cool. Like, do you have a favorite between the three, or they're all just totally rad? <laughs> they're all rad. Yeah, yeah they sound all- rad. I it depends on the phase I'm in, I would say, but I like the balance between the three because they're very, very different places. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, and you've been to how how many times have you been to the United States? Because uh, I met you uh, at South by Southwest 2022. <laughs> yeah. Just played yeah. here, played several shows. Well, uh, was that your first South by? Yeah, that was my first South. That was my first American festival. Actually, it was just okay. my. So that's it was really exciting. It was supposed to happen in 2020. That was the first time. Right. I was, you know, an official act there, but got canceled. So I was just so excited for this year. Yeah. That it was it actually happened. (laughs) So it's been a while. Yeah, I know. Everyone's just last few years. Fingers crossed every time. Is it going to happen? Is it going to stay open? It finally seems like things are now do you have with that being said do you have uh shows and stuff coming up are you actively booking now or have any kind of tours or anything um well i mean we're definitely working on that i'm actually right now working on my next uh ep so i've kind of prioritizing you know top of my list right now but it's you know playing in the u.s is something that i that i'm definitely you know it's very interested in something that i've been waiting for a while so yeah it's definitely in our plans so you let's see your last uh your first album i'm trying to go back to where am i looking over here crying out loud spotify i did listen to a lot of your music i really dig it mm-hmm. um your first album dang it what's the title of it uh that's embodiment yeah now it's that was- 2015 right mm-hmm. yeah yeah 2016 2015 yeah that was a while ago that was uh yeah that that was in uh done in greece um yeah my like it's it, it feels like fruit like, to be honest but you know it's like one of those first experiences that always you know stay with you i i feel well you did uh, something right because uh your song uh fire away right was used was used like for an advertising campaign in canada yeah yeah that was crazy yeah it's about that yeah what was that all about like what what was that used for uh you mean the song yeah yeah that was just part of the an the official like nescafe canada campaign annual campaign. oh wow yeah yeah so that was really not expected, but it was it was fun. Uh, basically, just the, the way that the whole first album came about was I had uh, uploaded a song of mine on YouTube. Uh, and I mean, back then, I really, you know, I was like really just off the map completely. And, I, and for me, it was just like a, it was a very experimental thing. It was like my first like little attempt, you know, to just create a song like as a solo artist and put it out there basically just to attract you know like different musicians and collaborations and stuff like that for me it wasn't something i didn't really expect to get signed with that song or for that song to be you know to, to do well or to to you know be on the radio so uh and that's kind of how the record deal in greece came along right after that song and then after that I started kind of working outside of Greece a lot. Uh, I mean, that was my goal all along because I, you know, working in Greece as an artist that does English music, you know, music writes lyrics in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the orthodox, you know, way to do things. So 
I mean, for me, it was always very important to be able to communicate my songs, um, you know, to a broader audience, of course, to, to whoever wants to listen. Um, and growing up as a trilingual, you know, uh, Canadian, uh, that was always, I just always felt the need to communicate, you know, with many different people and also just kind of um, an ease to it also. So the trilingual, um, so I'm from Canada, I'm assuming English and French, right? Yeah, I mean, English and French, of course, when you're, when you're growing up in Montreal, that's right. standard. And because I grew up in a Greek home, my parents were both Greek, um, Greek immigrants, you know, they're, they lived many, many years in Montreal. Um, that was, all, uh, you know, uh, like a, like a mother tongue to me, you know, and and what else? And then I, I did a bit of Spanish in high school. So it was, I always felt comfortable with languages in general. I, I see Vic's little smirk over there. Like that's how Vic <laughs> and I met. We met in a Spanish class and we did. Yeah. realized that neither one of us were meant to be bilingual, let alone trilingual or <laughs> quadrilingual or whatever you were shooting for. But I remember our teacher was one of those guys. And I think it must get a little easier once you speak a few dialects and there's crossover. You start to understand that the, the language, yeah. right? Like He spoke like 18 languages and... Maybe not 18, but I think that dude spoke like at least eight. It was insane. Like he it was, was fully crazy. immersed in the yeah, yeah. Yeah. language junkie. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get, I get that. I mean, for us, you know, because we were fluent in French, it was easy. It, Spanish was an easy. Sure. Yeah. How does Greek relate to that? Is that a very, is that like a more sort of an old world language? Like kind of, is it different or does it feel, is there any crossover there? No, I mean, we, we definitely have a lot of words that we use in English that are originally Greek. Um, Wait, so, what? I thought they were, I thought the Greeks stole from the English. <laughs> 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 yeah, like English is just this hybrid mix of everyone else's shit, right? We're just like, uh, and then this, well, just this Latin word, I guess. That's cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's fascinating to, to have that skill. And then so you sing in English, but you do have songs in Greek. I remember seeing you perform. Yeah. I think you did perform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one or two that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So after, so that, so really for you, the start that really kind of got you on the map was the song fire away in the Canadian campaign. And then leading to the record deal. Uh, I think you said, I, right. Where you ended up going the, to Greece. Uh, the song, uh, the song was one in a million. That was well, one in a million was the song. Yeah. On, yeah. On. And then, and then from that album, uh, yeah. Fire away was selected for that. Ah, I see. I see. And then in 2019, oh wow, is this real on Feb on Valentine's Day? <laughs> you uh, oh that was an announcement. I guess I'm looking at a press thing. So, oh. but yeah, you you competed in the Eurovision Song Contest uh, in 2019 in Tel Aviv, right? With Better Love, which is an awesome song. That was Thank a single, you. right? Thank you. Yeah. Um. Wow. What was that like? Tell us about that. That was just madness. <laughs> Was it like kind of like the, so basically like uh, our version like um, American Idol that this sort of like competition deal is that what that was kind of thing? Uh, I mean, not ex kind of, but not exactly. Kind uh, of ridiculous. <laughs> kind of, but not exactly. I mean, it's it's massive. You know, you you're you have to be selected by your country. Um, so that was a really big honor to be you know selected by Greece to represent Greece. In that competition, and you know, there, there, are how many, how many countries participate in Eurovision? I think forty countries participate. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, forty-one countries, something like that. So it's 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 a one of a kind, really. I don't I don't really think you can compare it with any other <laughs> musical contest because it's it's really one of a kind. Um, but I yeah crazy you know with this with, with its ups and its downs and you know the, the the pros and the cons i mean it was an insane experience like no other yeah i mean i imagine that just gave you a, a ton of exposure right and really yeah of course of course a ton of exposure i mean definitely helped me broaden my my audience you know my fan base but for me the most important thing was that i really felt like i grew so much from that experience that was just the fact that, because it was really, really, really intense. It was the most intense thing. Of course, yeah. Experienced in music. 
Um, so I just felt like, I don't know, it was like a master class or something. And, you know, just performance, like, I mean, just calming your nerves, right? Like having to step up to that level and you're performing live in front of a big audience, right? And it's televised. But it's not just that. It's also just putting a show like that together because, you know, it's, it's a funny thing. Like every country, obviously, you know, every country has their own resources and their own budget. And it's not always, you know, like we're not always like playing like on equal terms. So, so, you know, I mean, maybe for some delegations, it was an easier task for, for a small country like Greece and something that, you know, I had to, I, and of course I always want to be involved in everything. That's kind of the way that I work as an artist anyway, but I really had to be involved in every single aspect of it. And that was extremely, you know, very, a very difficult thing to to undertake. So, but but at the same time, I felt like it was because it was like a six month period, really, where you know it was like sixteen hours a day working, like no breaks at all. Uh, you know, it was really intense. It was like a crazy boot camp, and the fact that all of that had, you know, the the, the, the just the, the platform was like two hundred million people watching, and. But even just, again, it's not just about the show. I kind of felt like the show itself was practically, you know, probably like the most relaxing aspect of it. Um, but yeah, it was, it's just a crazy, really, I felt like it was like a, like a PhD on, <laughs> you know, performing arts or something. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I imagine then with that, and it, have you been performing since you were young? Do you play like various? I'm guessing you play piano. You have a piano sitting there, and uh, you guitar, write your yeah. own songs. You do. You have some co-writers, but you do write, you know, your own music. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. And yeah, that's what you've been doing for a long time. No, actually, it's not. I'm I'm definitely a late bloomer. Um, it, it because I was. I mean, I always loved music, of course. Um, and I, you know, I had done a bit of piano when I was, as a child and I was self-taught taught as a singer for many, many years. Um, eventually I started, you know, getting trained as a singer, but in my teenage years, I was, everything was, I was just kind of doing everything by myself. I always really loved music, but I was a very shy, really shy person. And I was also really good in school. So I ended up getting into law school and kind of, you know, it took me a while to come to terms with, you know, what I need to be doing. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, obviously right now it feels like it's such a huge part of who I am. Like I really can't imagine myself without music, but I'm not one of those cases, you know, with, you know, like that was, that grew up in an environment where that was easily cultivated. Like my, you know, I didn't really have any musicians mm -hmm. on both, you know, sides of the family, really. And my parents really didn't understand what I wanted to do or what is it that I was doing. So, yeah, you know, I kind of had to build build that up by myself from scratch and learn you know, yeah. a lot through my mistakes, you know, like Aaron uh, trial and stuff. And But, you know, I think that uh, I always feel like I, I can't really even relate to that part of me before doing mm. music you know it really feels like another person um so yeah i'm sorry i actually forgot the question <laughs> i don't remember i don't remember <laughs> i was just think, sitting here thinking my god i mean here you are like music became this sort of like i mean not that it wasn't a passion obviously you said you sang when you were young and everything it was always uh, something that you loved but i mean here you are learning you know every language and and going to law school and all of a sudden you're like i guess i'll do music too <laughs> i don't have enough on my plate no, it felt, it really felt like it was vital to me. I really started discovering myself when I made that decision. So, you know, uh, it, it, it had to happen. So I've always been a, a supporter of, you know, we need to be doing what we love. We need to be doing right. what feels. Um, love. That's great. What, so what, uh, what was your, I mean, always you've been singing, right? But you play piano, you play, did you, right. that? That like, when did that come about? Yeah, well, I mean, when I was around 18, I took up, um, I started uh, playing classical guitar. Um, and I was, I remember I was like working three jobs at the time, just so I could, just so I was able to pay for my guitar lessons and then my singing lessons. Mm -hmm. And then 
you know, a bit of piano and then, and the songwriting, like I wanted to play the guitar, not to become this amazing guitarist. Like I was really focused on just singing and writing songs. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to write songs. So I needed to play an instrument in order to feel right. like I could course melodies and lyrics not just lyrics so that's kind of how it started and then uh that's it i started writing songs on my own in the beginning i wanted to form a band and i felt you know i i tried that for a while and i felt like it was such a difficult thing i really feel like it's something that you really need to be blessed with a lot of luck like 15 years I, i'm just like yeah. now, when you stay together a group of guys after 30 of them you know it's yeah. a lot it's very hard when you toured when you came here you were actually and i wanted to mention um leon of athens too because i'm curious how you guys met um but you guys basically when you toured here you had a shared band is that right that uh, kind of um yeah well that was just for south by it's not right. something that we, that we usually do but logistically, but, I mean, it made it makes sense for a huge leap like that to do, you know, a handful of shows. Of course, and also because you know we all know each other. You know, we're all like, I mean, our drummer is my brother. You know, oh, so that's we're, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like a family. So it's and it's great to tour like this. To be honest, like I, it's a blessing to tour with Absolutely. people you're so close to. It's amazing. It's really amazing. I kind of I wish it was like that all the time. Uh, I want to come back to this because I'm curious about this will be the next question. Do you have different bands like one in Montreal, one in Greece, that kind of thing? But before that, did you end up eating barbecue when you were in Austin? Remember we were talking about barbecue? <laughs> did you guys get your I barbecue did. in? I did. Where'd you go? Uh, uh, Terry Terry's Black. Oh, Terry. yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know Terry if I've had that place. That good Terry. place. It's uh, definitely reputable. I know the name. Oh, it's it's. Uh, really good. It was, it was extremely good. Okay, good. Glad you got that in. Glad you did that right. And did you have Tex Mex? <laughs> did you do the Tex Mex while you're down here? Get your Mexican food. No, I, I didn't do. Uh, no, I didn't really do the Tex Mex. I wanted to, but you know, we had so many shows also scheduled, and usually I'm. Yeah. Yeah, like I try to kind of take care of my diet a little bit. Yeah, no, you don't really want to go eat like a gigantic, you know. Yeah, it's not. I mean, I ended up. Before you go perform. You know, after our last show in Texas. But yeah, in general, I like to keep it light. (laughs) Right. Just for the sake. Yeah, next time, <laughs> next time you play South by, like after all your shows are done and you have a, a day you can lay in the the hotel room with your pants unbuttoned, uh, we'll we'll, make, we'll we'll treat this Mexican food. Stretchy pants. That's <laughs> where your stretchy pants. Yeah. So yeah. back to <laughs> back to the bands. Do you have uh, a, a a a band like a sol a, a st- um a consistent band, or do you have different people that sort of will in different places have- that you can use? Well- now I have different people. Yeah, I have people, you know, if I'm playing in Athens, I'm going to play with people, with my people based in Athens. If I'm playing in London, sometimes I'll bring some of my musicians from Athens, but, you know, maybe with someone from London. And, you know, obviously when I'm here in North America, you know, my brother, my brother is actually based in Montreal. So that's that, that's nice for that part of it. How far of a flight is it from Greece to, to London? <laughs> to for, uh, Greece to Montreal um it's uh, around 10 hours ten, what about to London that's not too bad is uh, it? like three hours three and a half three hours. hours okay yeah so that's why it's uh, yeah it's it's easy it's easy London and Greece is very easy so on your recent music um so better was a single in 2019 I believe right yeah yeah that or better that, love I mean and then yeah. And that was actually go ahead. Sorry, sorry. That was actually the first time that I started working with collaborators outside of Greece when I, I started kind of creating a circle in London. So that's wow. why for me was very. It was very, you know, it, it was like a key kind of song in period. It was very important on many le- levels. Um, but that was actually, you know, what I I really wanted to s- start branching out and start working uh, with people in you know other territories and other markets and. Uh, I'm really happy that I got to do that. Better Love was the first song, but then every everything I've done after Better Love, every single after that, and my my latest EP, Call Me Neeks, was all uh, you know, co-written and produced in London. 
Okay, and um, do you have kind of a with sort of various people? Because I do see like Leon of Athens credits on there. I guess a co-writer of some stuff and um, producer yeah. even, and you kind of have a team that you work with. Yeah, Leon. Uh, Leon is someone that I work with a lot from Greece. He's for sure my most uh, you know stable collaborator in in Greece. But he also also he's been working in London for many, many years. And he was living in London for many years. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, we did better love with, with Leon and David Snedden and David. Uh-huh. I was always, he was like always on my wish list. Cause he had written uh national anthem, uh, Lionel Del Rey's national anthem. Oh, wow. Uh, and I always loved that song so much in general. Like I was obsessed with that album. So that's, so better love was kind of like the moment where I met, David and Leon and I wrote the song with David. And after that, I mean, I think we've written like 20 songs with David. I don't know. It's He's become, again, like our closest, mine and Leon's, one of our closest collaborators. And we really love him. And the Call Me CP was I did with, with David alone. That was, it was just us for the whole EP. Yeah. The, all those songs are really cool. Like I love the title track. Athenian skies is awesome. Uh, of yeah. time muse. Uh, are um, now th- with that EP? Did you release? You released a lot of those songs like as singles, and then they sort of culminated on the like yeah. as an EP, right? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of. I mean, for me, that's my most uh, my most beloved and representative work. Okay, obviously it's recent. You know, like right. My most recent work, but something that I'm very, very proud of. And it took me, I felt like it took me years of maturing and kind of trying to find like my sound and what I wanted to say. And that's a really good, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very representative of that, very indicative. Um, but because it was supposed to come out, I had just finished producing it right before the pandemic, mm. you know, struck that was like uh, february of 2022 late february and we were actually i was actually getting ready to come to south by and play it um and because you know everything just went on hold we started doing like single after single after single but it was just such a difficult time to even shoot anything in athens and it, it was very very difficult you know to have the to kind of have a schedule like you were supposed to initially have um, so it took me a while to unfold it, you know, it, under other circumstances, it wouldn't have taken me this long, but I'm happy that I, 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 I did it the way that I did it because I just didn't want to just put VP out there, you know, without any visual. Right. Uh, so yeah, exactly. so kind of like videos and, and I mean, yeah. And right at that time, there's not much else you can do. Like I actually, that brings me to that question of, of just like, how, what was all the lockdown and, and it, were you in Greece in the, at the onset of the pandemic yeah. and basically just stuck there then you couldn't leave nobody could go yeah anywhere. pretty much pretty much uh you know my life before the pandemic um you know and with like your vision being like you know right before the pandemic for me it was really like two months in athens two mm-hmm. months two uh two sorry two weeks in athens two weeks in london like non-stop you know i was just uh, living in a suitcase uh, practically um and that's kind of you know i was like i've been working for years to actually have that kind of rhythm in my life and i'm and i i was i'm happy with that you know i i feel very comfortable with that i i i don't like staying put too much mm-hmm. but the pandemic obviously it wasn't an option so for it was it was tough for two years in the beginning it was okay i was like wow okay so this is what a break feels like you know right, right. <laughs> wow so maybe you know that was needed, but um, after that, I really tried to do whatever I could. I tried to stay as productive as possible, and we did some shows in Athens. Obviously, you know, like socially distance and stuff, and live streams, and we did we did quite a few things. But again, it it definitely was not those couple of years that were supposed to be, or we were planning on being. And yeah, so this is why right now uh, that again with South by. It was the first time I actually left right. and play music uh, outside of the country after such a long time. And, and that was also one of the reasons why it was so important. And actually, I haven't, you know, I haven't returned yet. <laughs> so I'm like, I've been in the U.S. for how long? No, almost two months. Oh, back, yeah, just back in Montreal, right? You were supposed, So I think you were supposed to go back, I guess, and then you extended your stay a little yeah. bit. Here. 
Yeah, I just came to Montreal a few days. So, like, ago. I've had enough of Greece for a while. Were you? Th- you were there for the whole two years, like twenty twenty or yeah, 2020, 2021 in in yeah. Athens. Okay. Yeah, I actually just took a. Uh, at some point, I just took a really quick trip to Montreal a few months ago, it was six months ago. But like for like a year, year and a half, I was, mm-hmm. I was in Greece. Uh, which again, you know, I mean, it helped me focus a lot on writing and this is why right now I'm, uh, you know, preparing my, my next project, but it's not easy for musicians because, you know, artists, we really feed on inspiration all the time. Like this is a part, I, I, I feel like it's important for every single human being, regardless of your, your career choice, but you know, you really need the change of scenery. It's very, very important. So, yeah, it was, uh, I agree 100%. Yeah. In the, in the beginning, it was kind of like, well, this is kind of cool. I just like remember goofing around and just having some things and and then after a few months, yeah, after four months, I think that's when everyone started going like, okay, this is not just going to like be a couple months. (laughs) Okay. By the summer. And then it tried to open and it was like, no, we're still not okay. And then next year have, no, we're still not okay. And this is the first time knock on plastic table over here. Like, yeah. Seems like we're, I know everything's coming back and shows and it feels normal again. And it's, it's great. Um, when you were in this whole pe- period where now the EP was done, right? And so you were working on obviously putting out singles with videos and keeping yeah. momentum via that, you know, and I'm waiting for the 2022. And the, and the visuals. And again, because I'm very involved in everything, you know, like even just um, putting together a music video, you know, for me, it was, like many times you know it might it might be like two months of like a full-time you oh, know, yeah. job, definitely yeah. so uh yeah you know i i still I, I even though i'm signed to universal in greece i still kind of always feel like i'm working because i want to have control in everything that i kind of put out as much as possible you know as much as possible of course but i it feels DIY most of the time, really, you know, like I kind of identify a lot as an independent artist, even though I'm a signed artist in the way that I work. I really like in the spirit of, of the work, I feel like independent artist. Yeah. I mean, and I think even, you know, bigger signed artists these days, that's the expectation, right? You kind of deliver. It's not like we're once upon a time, you get this huge advance and the, you know, the labels, goes okay now we're gonna do everything right you kind of yeah. do all these things and you're like okay we're ready to distribute this and and yes and I, mean, I feel privileged to have support from a label to have financial support because it's not something that comes easy and it's not mm-hmm. you know obviously our work is something that's very expensive and it's not like i grew up with the resources you know to be like okay whatever yeah, i could fully do it on my own so something that I'm very grateful for and, and Greece been really good to me, you know, like, especially when I first started out really good to me uh, on that. And also just being able to do really big shows in Greece and having the experience of like really big stages and, you know, really good, you know, like productions that were uh, like, you know, that you can feel like I could do actually do something. It's not like that kind of, okay, like we're going to start with absolutely nothing and like, right. you know, just like playing in front of two people and everything is coming out of your pocket, which is something that I respect like crazy. And of course I've, it comes, the job comes with a ton of sacrifices. And anyway, you know, I feel like I've sacrificed everything to do music, my choice, my personal choice. But Greece was something that from the beginning um, gave me that opportunity because it's a smaller market. It's a smaller industry. And you know, having that support from a label, um, I was just able to experience bigger productions earlier on, which is something that I learned a lot from. Yeah. So I'm for that. Well, like the big TV thing, the Eurovision thing, it's like you, like you said, I mean, there's so much to be learned. You're, you're, you're diving right in, you know, to this higher level and like learning, like really at a higher <laughs> level about the, the, the yeah. like it's getting yeah. a PhD in this whole art exactly. of performing and exactly. preparing and the whole thing. Right. It, I mean, I was, uh, when I did Eurovision, I, I, I already had on how many years, like in the, in the industry, I was already around uh, five to six years. But again, like something like that is something you can't, I don't know. I mean, 
it's really it's massive it's massive so you're never i think you can never really be fully prepared but yeah i think that greece has helped me in some ways dive into these situations and circumstances where it's been it's always been very challenging mm-hmm. uh, again you know it comes with its pros and its cons but in general i don't believe in shortcuts i, I believe that you really have to put in the work and that's One way my or another, i think that is the truth yeah I, you know 99 percent of the time i want to ask you about that speaking of big performances like in greece uh concert hall let's see who so you performed with uh swedish singer uh how do you say albin lee maldo is that how you pronounce yeah. it that was yeah that was a collaboration uh that was actually that that was a collaboration that was meant to happen i think you've probably seen a poster of it or something but uh that, <laughs> it was meant to happen and we were twice actually uh, that was is such an unlucky circumstance, but we had actually, we had met in Athens for the promo of the shows and, uh, uh, the, it was, um, I, I think we didn't have like power at the end of the day. It was a crazy, like rainstorm. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. What crazy. about Patriots for the show and the show obviously I've kept canceled, but anyway. Okay. I'm, I'm literally looking at Wikipedia. <laughs> Patron's Klompenis. Jesus, sorry person that I ruined your name. Who who is that? Did you perform with them? Who? <laughs> Petros? Oh. Klo- uh Klobanis. Yeah, he's uh he's an incredible uh upright bass player. He's he's a he's amazing. He's a jazz musician. He was okay. actually based in New York for many, many years and he had made a name for himself. Um yeah, and we've we've done a few projects together. He's amazing. Um, yeah, I also, jazz is also a field that I've been quite inspired by. I don't know if you can, I'm not sure if you can hear that in my music, but maybe in the way that I sing, I feel like it's definitely there. Mm. I could, I could see that. I was going to ask you about vocal in, influences and I think mm-hmm. I, I, I can definitely get that sense of that, uh, some of that, the style stylistically just in the vocals. Right. I think that yeah. does come through a bit. I mean, even though it's very pop oriented i suppose like i think you have that sensibility it's a very sort of soulful sultry type of voice like yeah what are your inspirations or who do you liken yourself to that might be a weird question but really described it so well uh thank you for that um i mean i i grew up listening to a lot of r&b pop music so like lauren hill you know like i was really like those soulful voices and then i got really into like you know ella fitzgerald and sarah vaughn and billy holiday and all those classic jazz voices which i was incredibly in love with um but at the same time i also loved like gwen stefani like i was like love like kind of like the you know female vocalists that had that rock edge to them mm-hmm. uh, so i think that all of that has kind of culminated i mean I don't know. And at the same time, I've listened to so much Greek music, which is whole other you know world. Um, so I feel like I'm a mix of. I guess we all are a mix of so many things that we've been right. exposed to and you know listen to. But my first love was really with yeah, jazz voices and R and B voices and soul voices. That was my yeah oh man the ones you cited like ella fitzgerald billy holiday i, I love uh, nina simone is another one. Oh, not of course nina simone uh, i mean ton, ton, tons so of ridiculously talented musician in general um yeah she was yeah. for me she's just one of the like really top 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 of the list um incredible inspiration i'm terrible when i need to when i have to cite my influences to be honest well, it's, so it's many. yeah because there's you know it's like so easy to black out because there's so many favorite guitar player and i can't i'm like i have to list like 45 people that i'm like and then a whole lot more you know it's just like it's so hard to be like oh it's this you know i like i like frushante (laughs) i think he's like the first i love i love the the sensitivity that he brings in the genre wait say that again Oh, guitar players. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's what I I forgot I mentioned guitar and I was like, that was random to go from your you know, Billy Holiday to oh, okay, yeah. Oh. We're talking about guitars. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great that he's I think back with the chili peppers and they're touring I think now and it's like this big that, thing. 
that's like a wish list concert for sure for sure oh what was your first concert i know you got to go here soon what what was your first concert my, my first concert what was my first concert the, the, my i'm gonna tell you the first concert i remember uh and the first concert that i remember i mean i'm sure i had been i had been to many concerts with my parents and i had seen quite a few greek artists that were you know, touring in the, in, in, in Montreal and Canada. But I think the, the, my, my first like super memorable concert were the Backstreet Boys. Like that was, like, <laughs> that was the uh, first concert. Oh yeah. 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 They I, were going- I could yep. not believe I, I had never been exposed to, to that kind of madness, you know, where just, you kind of feel like you're going to practically yeah. you like from like the first like note, you're you like kind teen- of, were you a teenager? being demolished in there you know what i mean yeah. were you was this like a teenager years or, or or younger like i mean you were a girl like a little girl or yeah yeah early 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 teens yeah yeah so i can imagine i mean i mean and i'm like the first concert i went to as a early teen was like metallica and guns and roses this huge freaking rock concert in a you know uh arena and- or whatever and it's just like so incredible and exciting like it's definitely and for me who had just started playing guitar and was like getting it i mean i I was just like oh my god this is the most amazing little did i know that for the rest of my life i'd play shithole dive bars and suffer immensely (laughs) but like (laughs) i never do that but it was was awesome i mean it's the energy and the excitement i mean it's yeah it's i thank god live music's back right Right? because it's such an incredible thing you can't emulate that experience like being there and the energy the crowd i remember seeing the Chili Peppers at the Austin City Limits Festival, and yeah, they just killed it. I mean, it was incredible the energy, and uh, I mean, I, I played a million concerts, but they're you know, they're legends. They're one of the, I think for me, they're one of my favorite bands, and extremely special. All of them, like just, just you know, they're all geniuses in what they do. Are we still uh, talking about the Backstreet Boys? Oh, sorry, no, I, I thought we were talking about the Red Hot Chili Peppers right oh, now. Oh, okay, cool. So I, <laughs> Look at me getting all confused. I mean, look, I'm like not at a point now. I'm like at a point where like I, I love all kinds of music and I respect, you know, I, so I'm not like, oh, what a stupid boy bands. A bunch. Of, uh. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're great. I'm sure I've never seen the Backstreet Boys, but but Vic, but little tip. And I don't remember when this came up. I was having a conversation the other day when with some girls and like. I, God help me. I don't even know if it was my fiance. I don't even remember who it was. But I, someone said like, well, jokingly around, like that whole thing came up. And they're like, who do you like better, the Backstreet Boys or Sync?" And if you really want to impress a girl, then you just say, oh, I was always a 98 Degrees fan. And then they're just like, <laughs> oh, my God, he knows his boy bands. Right? I'll remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's that. a little, little, am I right, Katarine? Is that? Uh, I mean, they were always I, the third wheel, but, you know. I, I, up on boy bands and girl bands so who didn't right yeah you know like i i mean for me i i can't i i'm I'm biased but and i think that you know they've all left their little like you know they've they've all they're they've all left history i mean so Mm -hmm. oh absolutely yeah i have a lot like i mean growing up uh and before doing music i feel like i was a lot more judgmental or a mm. lot more like maybe like more like snobby yeah music i like i went through a phase like that and uh going into this this profession you know and just seeing how much work you need to just for the simplest things has really made me respect any artist even artists that i feel like you know i'm i don't it's not in my, you know, they're not in my aesthetic or they're not in my taste, but just the work that you need to put into to be a good performer mm-hmm. or you have a good record. It's just, it's insane. So, yeah, I. Oh, right. Absolute. Huge sacrifice, huge amount of work. And I think that it, right away I learned that too. And I mean, if you, the sign of an amateur or someone who doesn't play or who's just getting started, you know, the, the, the teenage kid in his, in his parents' basement who's just trolling on people, leaving mean comments on YouTube. It's like, you are obviously not a musician. You've never had to do, you've never done this. Because once you do that, you you do get humbled and you realize, like, the work and the effort it takes and you're you're much less likely to talk shit. Absolutely. You know? I've never, I, I don't, I've never been able to say anything negative publicly about anybody. I, even even when I wasn't a musician, I don't know how. I, I always feel like it's such a bad sign mm. of one's 
I mean, look at me and Vic. That's what we do. We're terrible people, which leads me to my next question. Now, we're not going to do this to you. First of all, I know you got to go. Secondly, like you're way too nice. And I, I would never do this and put someone on the spot. But we started this thing that like because everyone has their influences and we could I mean, we could talk about this for hours, of course. And we we're like, well, but everyone has bands that just like, you don't, you don't have to like everything. It's subjective. And everyone has bands that are like, Ugh, I don't like that voice. And we, we came with this thing, the Bermuda Triangle bands. Like what three bands would you just send off to see to play infinitely? In the Bermuda Triangle, never to return to civilization to play for the rest of us again. But you don't no. have to get to that because you you like that's, everybody. <laughs> that's so against what I just said, you know. Like I, try, no, I know. <laughs> and, of, and of course, I feel that there's a place. There's a place for everybody in this world. There's a place for everybody, for all tastes, you know, for all perspectives, for all music, for all mm-hmm. types of music. Of course, there are many, many different genres that I'm not into you know that i don't necessarily enjoy listening to but i always try to push myself to try to find what people find in every single thing like you know what is it what is it like i try to just you know let go of my own perception as a songwriter and an artist i think it's important to have that open mind and i think a lot of a lot of people do in this homogenized world where everything's accessible and all online you can hear we can go listen to all kinds of music you know it's once upon a time i think it's a little more niche because you had your your bands you knew and you liked and you'd read about and you'd go buy their albums now it's all out there so i think most people nowadays listen to a huge variety right and also like as an artist you're like I try to do that too. Like there's, there's stuff that I just don't like that doesn't move me. It's not, but I, I can listen to it and be like, wow, that's fantastic production. That's a really great melody. You know, try to find that and like learn from that because it makes exactly. you a better artist all and producer, you know? I think for me, it's a, it's just a, a, a state of mind to always try to see beauty, you know, even where it's difficult for you to see it, to, to, to try to see it. And I feel like, you can always break free of your own, you know, perceptions and always find something that will surprise you and, and, and have some, something to learn from that. So, you know, that's something that I try to apply every day in my life. And I try to apply it in, as an artist, you know, in my music as well. And I've really grown from that. I, I don't want to be that artist that's like, oh, you know, like, you know, you have to be something very specific in order to earn respect, or you have to be this. Or I grew up with so many rules, and I was like such a well-behaved child, and it was always like, you know, like boxes, boxes, boxes. And the reason why I chose music is because music helped me liberate myself from all these rules all the time. You know, it's a place of freedom. It's a place of thinking outside of the box. It's a place of reinventing yourself. Yeah, it's I love a- that you said that. As an artist. To me, that's the whole point, right? And that's why, like, if it's subjective, even if you're listening to something that you're not, like, doesn't resonate or move with you, like, that might totally resonate with someone else. And I think the authenticity of the music that someone's creating is the most important thing, right? As long as you're being true to yourself and being you and growing as the person, telling your stories, doing whatever exactly. it is you're doing. And it's, it's Exactly. And it's really not easy to, to create um, in an unfiltered way. You know, like the more that you get into it, the harder it becomes, actually. You know, in the beginning, you're you're kind of ignorant as well. You know, you're not exposed to what people expect of you or what people actually like or what, what works, what doesn't work. And the more that, you know, you, you, you keep doing it, it's very hard to preserve that authenticity. But, you know, for me, it's always the goal. And it's always like I try to kind of shape my life in ways to, in order to, to keep that alive, you know, to salvage that authenticity, to be able to just kind of, okay, like I kind of have to let go of everything else around and just right. kind of deep inside. And what is it that's really true to you right now? Um, and I always support that in every artist, you know, and every change that an artist has, I, I don't, I, I don't snub it at all. I feel like just be free and do whatever you want. You know, you can, you can be a million things. It's fine. Man, this is just so beautiful. Like, I think, Katerine, like, uh, I just want to, like, we should have something. We should have the positive message up from Katerine every week on the podcast. So just, like, <laughs> And now for something positive, like it, two old grumpy guys just pitching about shit. And then you can come on and be like, it's about love and being, you know, and like, it's good. I'm, I like your message. And then, your you know, great. The most romantic people are also the most cynical people. You know, it depends on, I understand uh, I understand the grumpiness. I also have that side. <laughs> oh, big time. Trust me. But it's always fighting with like, you know, because yeah. people that I feel like are 
you know, sometimes they're like going against stuff. You know, it's just people that care. That's why they're yeah. thinking and they're always contemplating. They're always challenging their minds. So there's always that spark of, you know, like that, the love spark in there anyway. Like, I understand. Like the minor little like bipolar sort of like there's big swings up because I feel like you get super inspired and you have these moments where you're super passionate all in. And then there's those other times that you're just kind of beaten down and frustrated. I think that's a natural part of being an artist. When you're a passionate person, you're passionate in general. You know, you can't just be like, oh, yeah, everything's good all the time. Pa- I'm going to turn my passion on from eight to five and then I'm done with my passion today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking I'm taking the day off from passion, everybody. That's what I'm saying. You know, passionate people are passionate when it's good and passionate when it's bad. I mean, it's kind of goes with the territory. Well, hey, okay, so we're gonna let you go. I know you need to go. Thank you so much for making time for us today. I mean, it's been a challenge to get this podcast together, but I'm so glad we were able to talk to you. It's been great. Really glad as well. I'm really glad that we met at South by that you were there at the. You know, it's. It's always great to remember shows with people that were at the shows, you know, it's a wonderful feeling and uh, you're definitely one of those people. And thank you for having me on your show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Quick. I'm sorry. I keep blabbing. Vic's like, dude, stop. But this is what I do. I just want to say this is really funny, right? Like, so when I met you and and the grumpy, like, I mean, fuck, man, it's South by there's a lot of traffic, a lot of people. I'm just like. Uh, I don't want to go out, but I was like, definitely wanted to come see you and Leon. And so I'm going down there and I'm just like cruising down and you guys, I mean, you played several shows, but I think I caught the, maybe the last show you did. It was like the yeah. Saturday or something. It was at a place called yeah. the Iron Bear. And yeah. it, didn't, it didn't dawn on me. And I guess, you know, during South by every place is a music venue and you played, I think some outdoors and all these different things, but you play at this bar. And so I go to this bar and it, it didn't occur to me. And, and I walk in, and it's a gay bar, right? Uh, Iron Bear, and I was like, "Oh, the Iron Bear!" And a gay <laughs> bar is great because it's a mix of like beautiful women and dudes in really tight shorts and cowboy boots and yeah. clothes. And, and I just got to say, I mean, it was a great show. I had a great time. But one of the funniest things about that place is some of the merchandise they had. Did you see some of the shirts and some of the stuff on the wall? Oh, I mean. No. It was- all these hilarious innuendos and i think it was one of the bartenders or maybe a a bouncer a guy that worked there and forgive me for being um crass is that i don't even know what that word means uh you know vulgar on your on on this podcast i'm greek Greek. okay 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 good you like olives and vulgarity got it okay cool so yeah this guy had a fucking shirt and he looked kind of like i mean you know like a big bear but like a tough bouncer type and he just had this tight shirt that you know the come at me bro instead of come at me bro it said come in me bro (laughs) that shirt is amazing i totally want to get that shirt and wear it on stage (laughs) just to confuse people i don't know it's awesome i like it it's you know what i I feel like i don't know if it's the southern temperament but i really feel like because you know at it's a mediterranean we're we're not filtered you know we're very passionate and we we Uh yeah and i really felt that in texas people were very genuine in that way you know very unfiltered in that way yeah especially austin i think it's uh there's very um there's a lot of uh different people from around the world a lot of culture of course of course liberal place but i i just loved how and i just love their sense of humor too i can't believe i missed this merch like this oh i'm so sad right now don't worry i'll send you i'll send you a link <laughs> we got a, a, a google a come in me bro t-shirt on uh on amazon here when we get off the podcast <laughs> i'm gonna send it to you too vic <laughs> uh, okay i'll wear it, I'll wear it at the next 98 degrees concert Oh hell yeah, dude! Let's do this. Let's do this, man. Are they still playing? Are they still touring? I don't know. I'm gonna. I'll do a little little research for you on that one. Yeah, Uh, yeah. We should all go to a. We should all go to a boy band concert. I'm. I'm there, hundred (laughs) percent. I think I'm actually. I can't. I. I mean, Backstreet Boys are touring right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I would love that. I think they're in Vegas. I've I've never been to Vegas. I think they are. Holy shit. I was just in Vegas. Backstreet Boys are playing Vegas right now. You're 100% right. Yep. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's just, you know, I think it would be iconic, like full circle to just keep it. Sure. Yeah, you should. Vegas. Yeah. 
Okay, so next, yeah, next time you're in the U.S., we're gonna, we're Vic and I are gonna make some phone calls. We're gonna make sure the Backstreet Boys get down here to Austin, and we'll all have Mexican food and see the Backstreet Boys. That's that's the game plan. <laughs> uh, Katarine, where can people find you online? What's the best place to get in touch with you? Find your music. Um, well, of course, okay, Spotify, obviously, right. and this. Um, uh, I mean, I'm I'm most active on Instagram, but I have Facebook, I have TikTok, I have Twitter, uh, just everything so katarine duska on instagram and you know uh youtube right definitely youtube uh, people should definitely check out your videos too um yeah again love your music and thanks for making the time it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you thank you for having me it was a pleasure it was a lot of fun yeah next time we'll try to do it to where we can talk longer but i know vic's relieved when i'm not rambling for two hours so i think this worked out just (laughs) just just great (laughs) All right. Well, enjoy your weekend. Uh, and my, uh, my weekend, or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, I guess it's a weekend. It's still the same in Montreal. It's only an hour ahead. <laughs> no, my, uh, I said my Easter. My Easter. Oh, weekend. your Easter weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm so confused. There's so many holidays I can't keep up. And I just did a run of gigs, and I'm so freaking tired right now. Like that. <laughs> I wake up and I've got messages and I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I'm hitting up Vic and I'm like, dude, are you ready? And he's like, it's not three, right? And I'm like, "Uh, no, Eastern time. Whoops, my bad. So anyway, it all worked out with our super professional (laughs) podcast. It's confusing. I've gone confused quite a few times here as well. At least you were in Montreal and not Greece. That made it much easier. So thank you. Thank you for staying (laughs) on this continent. We were able to do this. All right, everybody, Katarine Duska, check her out. Her music's awesome. And uh, um, once again, this has been Eclectic Soundtracks with Skunk Manhattan and Victor Ramos. Until next time, later. Hey, folks, that concludes another episode of the podcast. Guest links will be available in the show notes. We'd like to thank our friends at Top Shelf Music for showcasing the podcast on their site. Be sure and check them out at topshelfmusicmag.com for the latest music news, reviews, and events. We'd also like to thank the folks over at Tragging Guitars, Goading Guitars, Ernie Ball Strings, and Five Iron Woodworks. Have a great week, and catch you on the next one.